1: As a health-focused chef, Ellen lives by the well-known motto, let food be thy medicine. It is obvious that eating more fruits and vegetables is in your best interest, but simply knowing that is not enough. By embracing the connection between self-care, better choices, enhanced gut health, cognitive functions, and hormonal balance, we begin to heal. Plus, food inspires. It gives us the opportunity to create and gather in community, to enjoy the flavors each season brings. Valeria interviews Ellen Postolowski, the author of Gut Driven, Jumpstart Digestive Health to Nourish Body, Mind, and Spirit. Integrative health coach and nutritional food chef, Ellen Postolowski, embraces optimal whole body well-being by emphasizing the essentials of robust gut health with balance, awareness, and education on and off the plate. Ellen resides in Allendale, New Jersey with her husband Lou and dog Doug. She strives to create a ripple effect, highlighting the benefits of self-care for all clients with gut-driven. Meet Ellen at chefellen.com. Here's the interview with Ellen Postolowski.
0: In your own words, who is Ellen Postolowski?
2: I think that, uh, well, I know that I am someone that is on a journey. I am someone that has uh, has learned, you know, that uh, evolution is important for oneself. And yeah, it's, it's that whole who I am has come into, um, has become very clear, I guess, for me in the last couple of years, as I want to um, share this knowledge that I've learned and you know, connect uh, my passion, which has always been food, but I, it's just gone so much deeper for me um, at this point in my life, and that's really who I am right now. I'm somebody. I'm on a on a journey, but I'm, i I want to share everything that I've learned to empower the, I guess to empower people to take care of themselves in a, yeah, in a very whole way.
0: That's a beautiful message that we all need to hear taking care of ourselves, because we tend to take care of others more than we take care of ourselves. And sometimes we even forget taking care of ourselves to take care of others. So how did you come to this understanding, Ellen? I would love to know more of the story behind the person.
2: Okay, well, and like you said, right, and it's a big part of what I'm doing now is self care. And I think for someone, I have been a, a chef for most of my life, a private chef, and that job in, entails taking care of others. So at some point several years ago, I feel that it all caught up to me. My reputation is as a healthy chef. And uh, while I was taking care of others and thought that I'm somebody that walks the talk and takes, you know, eats well and but the lack of self care caught up to me and um it manifested in my body and caused some health issues that fortunately i was able to address but and i still say like i'm i'm always a work in progress but the attention to self care for me like you know i had to tap the brakes on on a lot of things that i was doing and and it's often viewed self care as, as um a selfish thing but I, I really believe it's one of the best things you can do for your health is to, you know, and I tell people and clients all the time, you know, think about what a, an airline stewardess says before you take off, you know, you can only, you got to put on your oxygen mask before you can help others. So I've taken that concept of self care and food and diet and disease, and I've put that into this new book and, um, that's been it's like the whole process has been so satisfying and and I have to remind myself too all the time, you know, like while writing this book, you know, I gotta gotta take a break once in a while and get everything done, you know, the next day or the following day and right. Yeah. It's almost
0: for me there is um this component of trust. If I cannot get everything done on one day or at the moment, I just trust life that the next day will be enough <laughs> to finish. Sure. That, so.
2: And that's OK. And and that's where, you know, we, we tend to beat ourselves up and for not getting things done. And like it has to be OK, you know, it has to be OK to just leave it and um, enjoy life and do something that makes you happy instead of something that drains you. You know, because if we keep on doing and doing and doing, it it creates Uh, resentment and anxiety and, you know, you have to do something because you want to do and it brings you joy, you know. Without that, there comes a lot of negativity.
0: I love when you say that, that we all need to be reminded of that because it seems like we have been uh, raised, educated to basically do, just Mm. keep doing. It has been Mm -hmm. my own culture here in the United States. I see there's so much doing and so little of, reflection of pausing of relaxation it's almost like a, a shameful thing
2: to do sure. right well i mean yeah i i grew up with you know there was always something to do you know like you didn't sit around <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> and that's you know like sometimes it's okay to sit around and i feel guilty about that still yeah isn't it funny yes. yeah yeah It's funny, but it's not funny. (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) That we are considered lazy if we are not constantly working, overworking. And then that also goes for thinking, overthinking. That causes a lot of anxiety and we are engaging too much with all, all those activities. So you mentioned your book. Let me mention the title. Your book will be released on February 21st, 2023. And the title is Gut Driven jumpstart digestive health to nourish body, mind, and spirit. I love that you included the word spirit there. So I mentioned off record and I have to say this again. (laughs) I love that because uh, when we talk about, when I, I listen to you and so many other guests that I interview here, and from my own experience, this overdoing has a lot to do with, I mean, I have to say, uh, we forget that we are spirits, that we are not just bodies and minds here, that we are also spirit, and we have forgotten that. So let me ask you an open question. What is the spirit to you? What is your relationship with that part of you?
2: I think the spirit in me would be the passion, you know, the purpose you know that we talked about. So almost like a a light within you, you know what drives that light? You know what keeps that light going and what keeps that spirit that you put out to the rest of the world? You know, what is that light that keeps you going? And for me, it's always been to nourish. So, Like I said, you know, maybe this goes back to self-care, but I felt like that light was kind of not being, or, you know, like talk about a fire, like if you're not stoking the fire, the fire goes out, right? So making the connection and getting back to balancing, you know, my life was out of balance. The more I learned and the more I wanted to figure out what was going on in my life, like figuring out why it was out of balance is a big part of the book too. And it goes back to that body, mind and spirit because all those things are important, you know, other than just the food that you're eating, you know, we are all like, you know, I eat so well, but I eat so well, you know, well let's look at every other part of your life and then tell me, tell me how balanced you are, you know, like just anxiety alone is is such a driver of, um, of an imbalance because it, you know, it, then it affects our hormones and that affects our cognitive functions and it, and it affects digestion so putting all those things together for me it had to be written this way like it had to encompass like all those things together for some sort of balance and you know putting that person back together you know that was happier with you know the the balance in their lives you know it, it's just I guess that's, for me, that's what spirit is. It's like that light inside of me. Kind of, it felt like it was a little dim on the dim side. <laughs> yeah, tell me about
0: it. <laughs> I know you call it balance. That's an interesting word, balance. To me, it's almost like um, a little bit beyond balance in a sense that it's a feeling of wholeness because we do have so many parts. And then when all these parts, they come in into harmony, which is another word for balance, perhaps. But but harmony, it resonates more with me for some reason, that word. Mm. So when all these parts, they are, let's say, dancing, having this harmonic dance, graceful dance, then I feel whole and happy and complete. And I love it. in a book I have to mention now because what we have been talking about, we're talking exactly about that. There's a beautiful chart called the circle of life that caught my attention immediately. You have two components, primary foods and the secondary foods. And that's very interesting to see that the primary foods, they are composed of spirituality, joy, social life, relationships, creativity finances, career, education, health, physical activities, home environment. In the secondary, it's food, the food that nourishes the body. But that's second. So how amazing that is. I absolutely love that you are making this very clear that we are not just bodies that need to be nourished with food and that's it, to be healthy, that there's a lot more to health than food alone. Your idea of being healthy has that changed since we met? I think two years ago, three years ago. I'm not sure. We met a long time ago.
2: Almost three years ago. Yeah,
0: right. So did that change? Ellen evolved somehow, or you still have those core beliefs?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's evolved, and it should evolve. You know, we we should evolve with uh, as we learn and we grow. And you know, I always say like the tough times are the opportunities to learn and um, you know, we've all been through a tough time in the last couple of years. So, but um, the circle of life, just to touch on that really quickly, the in where I learned more about integrative nutrition this is the whole mind uh, body connection that primary and secondary food. They say, like, when primary food is balanced and satiated, uh, your life feeds you, making what you eat secondary. So, has that Change for me, like definitely, like I've become so much more in tune with all those primary foods because uh, they were definitely not satiated, and I'm going to say harmonized because I really like that word that you're using. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> harmony. But yeah, no, I've changed. I've, I've changed the mindset, and I think when when you and I first spoke, I was working with a lot of clients. I well, I shifted my what I do with clients, because I always worked as a private chef. But as I got older, I knew that I wanted to coach more, just to get out of the, you know, the daily um, wear and tear of, of being on my feet all day. But, you know, like, in that time, I started learning more and more about that primary food. And it just, you know, I had to put that chart in the book, because it's so important. Whatever your spirituality is, you know, and whatever you believe in, like, we were all affected by that, where it took like, you know, we're, How do you fulfill that? You know, how do you fulfill that with church or, you know, things that we used to do, like everything shifted. So, you know, if you didn't shift along with it, like I I think that or try to find other resources and ways to bring more peace into your life, whatever that was like that for me, like I've definitely become more aware. And so like in the book, I say like I use the words balance, awareness and education a lot because i think there, it's important to you know see where you're you're lacking and um and just be more uh, when you're more cognizant of it you know then you you're more aware of you know what's going on in your life so it's a constant reminder and i feel like that those were all the things that i needed to put into the book and into the outline and i think it's a, like a, a little over a year and a half ago I said to my husband, because I said I would never write another book again. <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> and, and then a year and a half ago I was like, I have to write all this down. Like I just I needed to get all these thoughts out of my head in the stack of papers into, you know, an outline and then and then it became a book. And and so here we are, you know, it's a couple of months away from, from actually being released. That's amazing how whatever our
0: purpose and passion, um, which it's connected to passion. Is are they don't leave us. It's interesting. They keep knocking until we do mm-hmm. what we're supposed to do. <laughs> it's incredible. It's like a push, I think. Yeah. And I
2: think that a lot of times it's this uncomfortable feeling and, and it's it is pushing you to something greater. And we we can't ignore that. The amazing thing
0: about it's that I have noticed with all the people that I talk to, that I work with, in myself, that there's something about Helping ourselves and others to uncover this truth about life. It's amazing how it's not something it's never really driving us to do things to only help ourselves. It's always mm. sharing that knowledge, that wisdom. That's when I know that purpose is coming from the spirit, because it's yeah. always about sharing and community. Yeah. I have to say it now too. Gosh, I have so many notes here, but there's another one. I mean, the first one that caught my attention in your book, which is part of um, the cover, it's in there, I believe. You say, you are only as healthy as the food you can digest. Mm-hmm. That stopped me because, yeah. because it's true. <laughs> I have noticed that when I my stomach's not well, nothing works well. I see even nightmares. There's the brain chains throughout the day and night. It's incredible how connected they are. But I would love to hear more about this from your scientific and all the research that you have done. How does it work, this gut-brain connection, Ellen?
2: I believe that you are only as healthy as the food you can digest. And for me, that was a lesson that I learned when it came to my own health, because as someone who's a chef and, you know, is, is making meals for not only for myself, for other clients, like, um, you know, it was all about the food. And when I was faced with different health issues, it was more about the digestive system. And when I started learning about the digestive system, I realized that you could be eating the most nutritious meal. And if you've got something going on in your, in your gut and there's this, We have this gut brain connection. It really does start in our intestinal tract and it goes up to our brain. So it's almost like looking at a wheel, a wheel that should just be spinning, you know, without any flaws. And if there's something that throws it off, then it's this unified response and it's almost stress and um, it's also inflammation. So that really just blew my mind. Like the whole connection that our body is, you know, like I told you off before is that we're our body is always trying to correct itself, but it needs your help doing that. There's attention to self-care, and then there's, you know, the, you know, convenience foods, and there's the standard American diet. And these have a very negative impact on our digestive system. A lot of additives and the things that make those convenience foods shelf stable and and so soft and chewy and creamy and you know they're they're really wreaking havoc and um, inside of our gut. So if or even age, you know, like we have digestive enzymes that help break down foods, but for me, I dealt with a lot of um, acid reflux when I was younger. I was given prescriptions like most people, and it and it's a band aid instead of looking at the root cause. So it came back and i think stress is a big driver too but when it came back for me you know my doctor said you know you're going to have to be on these for the rest of your life and i was like no way <laughs> like and i was understanding more like the implications of being on long term meds and many of us are on these long term medications and there's side effects and there's rebound effects and when i started learning more and more about that i knew that I had to focus on the part that, you know, your digestion, you can have something called leaky gut where, the, you know, your food is not breaking down properly. And it's sort of what happened to me. I was given a lot of different diagnoses and um, it was a little frustrating and, you know, without supportive means, I guess. But, like, it's almost like you become malnourished because you're not absorbing all those vitamins and minerals that your body needs. So your body does try to correct itself, but can only do that for so long before, you know, autoimmune and chronic, more chronic illness like takes over. So we tend to hear a lot of, uh, you know, you should eat this, you should eat that, you should not eat this, you know, but like at the end of the day, I'm like, it doesn't matter what you're eating, because if you're not breaking it down, like, then, you know, so that was a big part of for me to get that statement out there. I and mean, I'm glad that it caught your eye because that was really in my intention. So yeah, it's it's we have to break down food for, you know, for rebuilding and for energy, especially, you know, it's like a, a, ga- a car that has no gas in it. And, you know, like those foods, when they don't break down or if they go into our bloodstream where they don't belong, like that's the beginning of a lot of trouble too for your body. So, and and even like the gut-brain connection, you know, so... When we're not absorbing things and we're, and you know, there is a break in that, that wheel should, that should just be spinning without any flaws. Like, you know, then hormonally, you know, you're completely off and then it affects our cognitive function. It affects our reproductive functions. And, uh, it's fascinating what can happen when something is off, like even anxiety and undue stress. I bring a lot of attention to. Those functions, and I would say, like our body is trying to correct itself, but you know when it gives you these warning signals, it's something that we should not ignore, and we should give it a little bit more attention
0: in a holistic way, not just um, taking pills, right? Trying to right. Just oh yeah, medicate the symptoms.
2: Sure. So inflammation is something I I really talk about a lot, and I think that if you calm the inflammation and if you you know, support your, and immune immune health is huge, right? So we hear so much about um, boosting immune health when I, I really think we we need to support our immune system. It's fighting for us. It really is. It's fighting and it's uh, reacting to invaders or bacteria or viruses, you know, and even it can react to food. So I definitely mentioned that too, because it's just, it gets to a point where it doesn't know what it's fighting, so it, you know, it's it's overreactive. And like you said, when you you feel like your stomach's off, then everything else is off. You know, like you're you're grumpy or you're sad or you're depressed. You know, so many other things can stem from that imbalance in our bodies. I love the way you said
0: earlier about the body; it's trying to do. The work, it's work, but then we get in the way by not paying mm. attention to the signs or giving it what it it doesn't help. It doesn't really promote healing. But then it takes a lot of education, self-awareness and education, Alan. that's for sure.
2: I feel like we, most of us, live with these these little symptoms for so long and, and don't realize that it's, it's like a cry for help or, you know, so I... It's a big part of, there's so many little parts that add up to this really big part, mm-hmm. which is gut health. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> it's a crucial one. And it's interesting to actually observe that when I think about the gut, the stomach, I think about fear. Oh, anxiety. Anxiety is connected to fear, of course. So every time there's an um, an emotion that's too powerful, then I feel in my stomach. it just doesn't feel good. So it's interesting to see that the connection that you, that you make, and you mentioned anxiety, and how it is very important to calm the body. So support the immune system by calming, relaxing the body. And in the book, you actually gave some beautiful suggestions diaphragmatic breathing, humming, singing, which has to do with, um, I think the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve, yeah. And then you talk about laughing, probiotics, of course, meditation, exercise, massage. So I was reading this and thinking, wow, it makes so much sense. <laughs> because since I started doing this, instead of only eating healthy and doing my spirituality and then, you know, living my purpose, that really changed the game. It was a game changer, breathing deeper, uh, once in a
2: while throughout the oh, day. Breathing is huge. Yeah. Um, even, you know, when you, you mentioned like that gut feeling is like, we you know, we do, and we say like, you know, rely on your gut or trust your gut. I found that in my occupation, like when I think about, you know, what I've learned and then think about and apply it to how I was running around like a nut like years ago. And, um, you know, just being busy, like working, like doing my job every day. But for dinner, you know, I would always come home and we'd have a nice dinner together. But like during the day, I was like on the go. Like I was shoving food in my mouth when I could and then like getting back to work and doing all those things. And it really impacts your digestion. Even when we're upset, like you said, you know, you, you have that feeling in your gut. Well, it's probably one of the worst times to eat is when you're upset because all those, you know, their, your body perceives that you're stressed. You don't have the blood flow that you need in your stomach to break down foods. Like the oxygen is off. you know, everything is off because you're upset. And it's like something like now, if I'm upset, I'm like, well, now I can't eat because yeah. what's the point? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. have to calm down. So like, true. and I know like, you know, whatever it is that's bothering me, like, most of the time you got to let it go. You know, there's situations and there's circumstances that are all different, but yeah, it's learning all those little things about my digestive processes was such an eye opener that I knew I had to share it, you know, and like you said, it's a big part is just like sharing it. And I, I, you know, I work one-on-one with clients. So I took this highly personalized program because everybody is so unique, you know, the way that you eat food and your upbringing and what you eat and what I eat, you know, there's so many like theories out there on what everyone else thinks we should be doing. But like when I work one-on-one with clients, I always really reinforce that it really, it has to be what works for you. And that's why in the book, I went back to this plant-based reset program is just to calm the digestive system and get rid of the inflammation and figure out like what works best for you you know like it's it's a journey it's a journey that's different for all of us but like i said i took a very highly personalized program because you know it's it's all individualized but i had to make it more appealing to the masses and that's this book as a result of that it took a lot of time and it took a lot of little notes and um but all these little things are
0: so important, and I can see that all the detail. The word that came to me was generosity. They very generous and giving so much of the so-called secrets, which is not really a secret. It's out there. A lot of a lot of us we already know this, but it's a reminder. And the way you mm-hmm. expose that truth, those pieces of wisdom, health wisdom, it's just so clear it's very clear and it reminds us immediately it, it did for me immediately yeah
2: and uh, but you know like again and i i think that we try to do everything perfectly but like a big part of this book is that that nothing is or ever will be perfect mm, that goes back yes, to like yeah. letting it go at the end of the day you know like trying not to get everything crossed off of your list and you know like sometimes there's not even time to make dinner so there's a section on, you know, what are better choices for, you know, when you do go out to eat, you know, once you develop this new foundation and this mindset that's more in tune with, you know, how your own body works and, you know, how you got to where you are, or if you're not feeling good or if you're like, I, there are people that live with these symptoms and it could be not sleeping through the night. And, and so many of us are come to this conclusion that, you know, well, I only sleep two hours a night. You yeah, know, like, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> it really doesn't. How is that restorative? You know, we need, we need rest, you know, rest. And there are coping mechanisms that come into play that when there could be more balance and, and more harmony in your life, just something as simple as not sleeping. But I hear it a lot. Very good point. So in a
0: way, we get used to not feeling well. Mm -hmm. And we stay there. We make a habit out of it. Ah, that doesn't sound good. Uh, That's so, so true. A lot of it, from my experience, has to do with um, boundaries. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I've been aware of these things for so long. But for me, it has been kind of really stepping forward and just doing the things that I have to do to take care of myself first before I take care of others. That takes courage,
2: doesn't it, Alan? I think it does take courage. I mean, just you saying that uh, is is courageous. Like it it is because like I think that self care is something that we all need to work on a little bit more. Um, or at least I see it a lot in my practice. Is that there's a lot of guilt and excuses. I don't like, and not in a bad way, but there are no boundaries. And maybe that's a better way to say it. There's a part in the book, you know. I like call it the art of saying no. Yes, that's is, it. um, yeah. it's hard, but you know it's empowering because, like, sometimes you have to put up those boundaries, and um, you know you can't do everything else for for somebody because, you know, you could be getting taken advantage of too, and because of your generosity or because of your kindness. But you know, just saying no could put up this boundary with. Um, and maybe you could teach somebody else a lesson, too, you know, like maybe they'll respect you more for it, you know, and give you that space. And, you know, or maybe you could create this like, and I say it a lot, ripple effect where, you know, like you, you share the knowledge. and
0: Yeah, that's for me
2: has been very challenging. And I
0: think it has to do with the way I have been brought up by my family, in a sense of a lot of trauma, being abused physically and emotionally. And then I never felt loved. And then Mm. when I engaged with relationships, romantic relationships in my life, I was trying to get somebody to love me. right? And that got myself in a lot of trouble. It still does, actually, I have to say. (laughs) It's a tough one because it's that deep programming, this belief system that comes from trauma, that... It's okay to say no. It's okay to listen to your own heart, your own wisdom, and say yes to that. It prevents us from resentment, because I see that. When I say yes, but I really mean to say no, then I'm suppressing those emotions. That comes out in a very, let's say, imbalanced way. Absolutely. Always does, always. So I'd love to hear from you, since I'm talking about this, about fear, because you did mention about fear, food fear. So the relationship with food. So in my case, yeah, it has been with food too, of course. Yeah, I was very much afraid of eating certain foods. Even today, when it comes to sugar, I'm very careful. I'm not afraid of it, but I'm cautious because I know the consequence of that. Talk to me about food fear. How do we learn to identify those fears in us
2: it's just a fear of when it's becomes something that's more obsessive um can lead to a lot of disorders and we all know that there's a lot of like food disorders you know whether it's like just focusing on one food specifically and you know food is for me as a chef you know i bring people together with food i i love to cook i love to do it for myself I'm, you know, the hostess that gets my friends together and it should be a celebration. Right. When you attach, I see that many people, and I've done this myself, like when you're, you've got that dieting mentality and then, you know, if it's too perfect or if it's too regimented or restrictive and then you, you mess up, you know, then in comes like the shame and the guilt and it becomes a vicious cycle. I had to word, I spent a lot of time on that because I've got friends who's, you know, who have daughters that are young now and teenagers. And I hear it so much that, you know, they're going to a place where, because they're becoming bulimic or anorexic or, you know, orthorexia, where it's like that focus on having to do something perfectly all the time and obsessing about a certain food or, you know, restricting a certain food. So I go back to that food is brings us joy. It's nourishing. And, you know, there are downfalls to processed foods and processed sugars. Like, I'm a former sugar addict. Like, I thought, you know, but it, it wasn't doing my body good. But I do enjoy a sweet treat once in a while. So I found better ways to enjoy that. And, you know, even if I go out one night and I do have, a dessert that I wouldn't normally have. It's like, I don't want to feel guilty about it. I want to enjoy it. And, you know, there's a section about messing up. And and I was like, you don't think of it as messing up because I have clients that go through my program and they're like, I got to start all over. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, what do you do to start all over? Like, you're okay. You know, you, t- you can't beat yourself up. And it's the reason I called the program Reset 9010, you know, because, the 90% is just trying to be more aware of what you're putting into your body and reading labels and picking better options and shifting away from the standard American diet and all the processed food. But then there's that 10% and I'm like, and that's for life. Like that's for going out or not being in the environment. You know, if you're at home, you can control more of what goes into your food. If you're out and about or you're out of function and one of the questions I'm asked all the time is it, when someone is going through my program or we're working together, you know, they say, Oh, I have a wedding that's coming up in three weeks and I'm so nervous about or a function or a work function. And I'm so nervous about what I'm, I'm going to eat. You know, what if they don't have anything? I'm like, okay, that's three weeks away and you're worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet. So now you're creating all this anxiety in your body. And, um, but I'm like, you know, but in three weeks time, you're going to be on such a different, you're going to have evolved so much, you know, you'll learn so much more. And then when you get there, like you'll be in the moment and then you figure it out. So it's more like being in that moment and not worrying so much about what's going to happen. And if it does happen, then, oh, well, like it happened, it's not going to set you back. Like, so I think that when you create, um, you're more aware and you create this new mindset. And, um, and I call it more of like building this new foundation. Like you have that safety net, you know, your safety net is that, you know, what works for you and then you just go back to it. And that's okay. Like I try to get away from that food fear. And, you know, there's a lot of, information that's out there and social media is one of the biggest platforms and you know this will cure you and this one thing is going to clear you and this other thing and you know it, it it really has to be what works for you and you know what i eat and what you eat might affect us differently so like that then it, again it goes back to bio and individuality and but not beating yourself up like i like i said that mentality, that dieting and that restrictive behavior and, and only allowing yourself, um, you know, three walnuts and two almonds a day. Like, it's got to be a little bit more lenient. And, you know, like, let's just take one day at a time instead of being so restrictive and hard on ourselves because we were very, very hard on ourselves. Wow, I love that.
0: So it's open. It's not a diet, and you're very aware as a guide that we are supposed to listen to our own bodies and see what works better for us and define what health is on our own terms, from our own experience. I love that. That is exactly what I try to do with my own life and, and I believe in. Although we do love your guidelines and your suggestions in the book, you have so many healthy ones the reset ninety ten program. How do we access it through your website, or uh, is that online only, or do you actually meet people in person, groups, corporation and individuals?
2: Yes, all of the above. But it also is in the book. The whole reset program is outlined in the book. There's over a hundred recipes in the book. So, it starts as the reset program which is a 3 week elimination of inflammatory foods. It's a way to reset your that environment and to calm your environment and your gut. It's a comprehensive program. I go back to plant-based because I found that plant-based was the best way to calm the gut environment and to nourish it. At the end of the day, it's I've said it for years like I just want everyone to eat more fruits and vegetables. Like, I I don't want to turn you into someone that only eats, you know, that vegan or, you know, I don't like to label myself and say, I'm this, I'm that. um," But I do believe there are a lot of benefits in plant-based foods. And then after the three weeks, what I came up with is is a maintenance and maintenance is just your foundation. So um, reintroducing certain foods, uh, being more aware of potential sensitivities to foods like sensitivities. Um, are so prevalent right now, uh, food sensitivities and intolerances. So I I break down what you know an allergy, a sensitivity, and an intolerance is, and then I give a lot of information on on how you can pinpoint certain things. Um, but then I I definitely believe that there are, are medical professionals out there that do support that more functional lifestyle. You know, it's very nutrition based. So I offer a lot of suggestions like that, but really what it is is about sustainable, you know, something that's sustainable that isn't hard to follow. And, um, you know, like we we always talk about, you know, having more plant-based meals during the day. And it's a perfect way to have a, a supportive and empathetic view at what works for your body and, you know, how you can actually sustain a lifestyle where it's not focused around counting calories and counting macros and worrying about if you went over or under. And, but, you know, you, you you figure it out and you, you balance. And I remember that it becomes more intuitive. And um, intuitive eating definitely pulls away from that dieting mentality. And I'm all for that. And I, uh, I think that the only thing is that, like, I, I definitely – I never think that intuitive is so easy. Like I, <laughs> I was said, not at all, <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> so if true. It so in, if it was so intuitive, then it would be easier for all of us to grasp it. So when you outline things and you put something in, you know, then it becomes, it does become more intuitive, but I think it, you have to go through trial and error first.
0: I love when you say that about sustainability and flexibility and fun. So that's the second principle behind the reset ninety ten. You say that your relationship to food, as to life, should be fun and flexible. That also caught my attention. I mean deeply because that is uh, the truth that we often forget that to be fun and flexible, to have fun in life and be flexible. And then the third principle: you will eventually design your own maintenance plan which you are empowering the people that you guide, your clients, and everybody else who reads the book to do that. And that's also wonderful to know that you actually gave everything, all the protocols within the book, I was under the impression that you left some out, some secrets. (laughs) So you would give that later in person or uh, within the sessions that you offer. But you actually exposed everything. That's amazing. I did.
2: And I still work, you know, I I still work one-on-one because some people do like the supportive, you know, the one-on-one. So that's always available still. There's a lot of information and we all grasp things differently. you know, you're more in tune with it than say somebody else. So like somebody else might want more support and more clarification. You know, there's questions that come along with it. So yeah, so I I definitely make myself available still to clients for that reason. And I say like a big part of... I never realized when, when I went into this years ago, how much people love to talk ah, yes. um, right. and they just want, they just want somebody to yeah. listen to them. And we never like my sessions should be like a half hour. They're always an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: They have to be extended. Uh, yeah. It's so true because we often have so much to say that we leave unsaid mm-hmm. because we don't have the opportunity. Um, somebody open to listen to them without judgment.
2: Right, and that's huge. it It's so cleansing. People, they feel better, they get things off their chest and and realize like they're not alone, and that it's just it's just a journey. But um, yeah, there's everyone's got what they're dealing with, and it's it's different for everybody. But if somebody listens to you, and it, that goes back to uh, when I had my own health issues, and I went to many different doctors trying to figure out what was wrong with me. and a big part of this book, for what it is right now is because I felt like a lot of doctors did not listen or there was no support in between like, okay, I'll see you in six months. Um, So then I had so many questions and I was like, if someone had just called me and said, how are you doing with this protocol? Or what do you, you know, like, how are you feeling? It would have made such a big difference. But then again, like, I think that every doctor was put in my path for a reason. So I try to take something good from all the experiences. But then I met doctors that I think had the best bedside manner ever. And I've learned so much from different doctors in this journey.
0: Yeah, that's another huge piece. And I'm I'm so glad you're aware of that too. And you incorporate that naturally. It's not even something that you, um. it was a plan to do it, listening, deep listening. That's so healing and that's mm-hmm. part of healing. So that's beautiful that you do that too, Alan, naturally. And you are aware of that, how much we need to be heard, all of us, right. and understood.
2: And this is really like a guide, you know, like I'm not trying to diagnose anybody or anything like that. Like it's just, it really is a guide. It's more information on how our bodies really need us to pay more attention to what's going on in them, because we tend to ignore things until it. Something breaks down. And, uh, you know, preventative medicine and being your own advocate are two big, uh, another big part of the book.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's very empowering, the message of listening to the body and taking responsibility. It's like accountability. Yeah. We do rely on everybody else but ourselves. It's kind of interesting when it comes to health. But um, that's another beautiful message. There are so many in your book. And I love your wisdom. I said that before, and I I hear that again. When you speak mm. so natural, it comes very naturally to you. Oh, is, thank you. It's a gift. So we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions. But before that, Alan, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid or read a passage in your book?
2: I do have a passage Let me see, let me just bring this up. This is towards the end. I have made significant strides in my health with more awareness about how I feel and finding the time to care for myself. Self-care requires not only food, water, and exercise. A well-rounded human being needs quality time to align their overall spirit, eliminate stress, find joy, and hold on to happiness. This journey is different for all of us, but we all want to feel good and to be able to live our best lives. Food is essential, and with this guide, I hope that you'll be able to follow a nutritious and sustainable path to health. The right food, along with healthy relationships, proper exercise, acts of self-care, fulfilling career, and a spiritual practice, sustains our body, mind, and soul and allows us to thrive. Yes. Um, a trillion times to that truth.
0: The message of self-care again, um, which I call a self-love, but it's the same thing. In the way you speak, it's really self-love. It translates to me into self-love. So thank you so much, Ellen, again, for meeting me once again today, for your presence in the healing world and for being a contributor to peace in this reality. We do need more of it. Human beings waking up for that power that we already have within. And I say peace because it's the only way. (laughs) Our only way to health really is to have that inner peace. It really is not just physical health, but mental, psychological, emotional, and then spreading the good news (laughs) into the world. Just being that light that you spoke earlier, just sharing that light with others. Thank you so much for being who you are.
2: Oh, thank you, Valeria. I love speaking too. Me too. Oh, it's very natural. I would be here forever.
0: <laughs> so before we say goodbye, on a technical note, where can we find more information about you, your books, your workshops, your programs, products, services, and future projects?
2: Uh, my website is very easy. It's uh, chefallen.com. And I am also very active on Instagram, at Chef Allen. And then, you know, those are probably the two Best platforms right now. There's always something being added, and it's all the good. You know, the um, Amazon is has got the book on uh, pre-sale right now. So all these good things are happening, and you know everything coming to that that point of wow, this is really happening.
0: (laughs) This is really happening, right? (laughs) Is it? It's almost like a dream um, coming true. It's hard to believe. (laughs) I love it. Yes, me too. So I'll have the link of the book on your podcast profile, as well as your website, of course, and the Instagram handle. Thank you so much again, Ellen, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Okay.
2: Thank you, Valeria. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about her work, please visit ChefEllen.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.